You sisters know that my skin has been glowing lately. And I'm here to tell you my secret. Oak Essentials. You've heard us talk about their line of luxurious products before, and we're so excited to have them as a sponsor of OK Sister Podcast because now you can join in on the glowy goodness. You know Oak Essentials is legit because it was created by none other than our favorite brand ever, Jenny Kane. Oak Essentials is known for its simple approach to self-care with a lineup of foundational skincare staples made with high-quality ingredients that drive results. It aims to unlock healthy, glowing skin with decadent and hydrating ingredients that give you a luxe, dewy glow. I won't shut up about the Moisture Rich Balm. It's a nutrient-rich balm that supports collagen production and delivers serious hydration for a luminous glow. And a luminous glow indeed. The way my skin feels like butter after applying this balm. This balm will make you never want to wear makeup again. And you can apply generously during your night routine to lock in moisture as you dream. It's the definition of beauty sleep. Treat yourself or someone else this season. You sisters will get 15% off and a free organic honey-based restorative mask with their first order. Oh my God, what a deal. When you use code OKSIS15 at checkout. That's right. 15% off plus a gift with your first order at O-A-K-E-S-S-E-N-T-I-A-L-S.com. Promo code OKSIS15, OKAYSIS15. Go ahead and treat yourself. From luxurious skincare to meaningful self care, you deserve it. Welcome to OK Sis Podcast. Hi, sisters. I'm Maddie. And I'm Scout. And we are sisters IRL. I'm the older one. Yes, Scout. We know. We're cultural observers. And of curious minds. Get ready for sisterly banter while we chat about fixations, learnings, and personal growth. We promise it'll be a good time. As long as you don't get too loud, Mads. Welcome to the sisterhood. Hello and welcome back to OK Sis. I think I just had a... Had a seizure. <laughs> what was that? Are we uh, are we playing with you know tempo and timing? Yes, of course. Just trying to keep everyone on their toes. Um, I got the Fauci ouchie number two, and as we jumped, I felt fine until this exact moment that we jumped on the mic. And of course, of course, you know it's hitting me. It's hitting me. It's because you feel so safe within the sisterhood that the full body pain is now coming out because you feel as if you can be whoever you are at any given moment with the sisterhood all right let's let's go with that 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 sounds right also I just want to say that I coined well I didn't coin I introduced you to Fauci ouchie you did which I'm so surprised that I didn't hear of it before I think it is the most excellent and brilliant phrase I have been saying it nonstop. it is my new favorite phrase yeah, I we should all get T-shirts. Like my husband works around with a hat that says "vaccinated," but I think we should get T-shirts that says "I survived the Fauci ouchie" or "All I went, all I did, what is it? I visited 2020 and all I got was this <laughs> Fauci ouchie." <laughs> Wait, oh my god, don't say that on the pod. Someone's gonna take it. That's such a good idea. Wow. Yeah, we're just spewing out, you know, brand ideas merch, left and right, but ideas. for. For those who are new, I am Scoutala, the other one is Madala, and we are Sisters IRL. We are the hosts of OKSIS OK Podcast, and we are 
so fucking thrilled you are here because if you're here, that means you like sisterhood. That means you enjoy listening to rad women. That means you are a rad female or male. Don't discriminate. You know, we have some male listeners. We have listeners, one I think. male listener and he follows us on Instagram and he is absolutely astonishing and luxurious and beautiful. He is who I want to be. I look at his yeah. Instagram feed and I, we were sending each other voice notes the other day. It was very cute. I'm a huge fan of his. I am so sorry, my dear male listener of okay, Sis. We are going to fuck up your name right now. Yeah. But his name is Gil, <laughs> Gil Herme? Gil Herm? No. Gil Herm. Gil Herm. <laughs> Gil Herm. Okay, so his Instagram handle is o.m.gui. We'll just go with that. And can you voice note us, my love, my dear male listener? He's a Brazilian visual designer. I mean, that that tracks. That tracks. If you go look at his Instagram, it's a fucking vibe over there. If you want to talk about Instagram aesthetics, he just fucking kills it. I mean, I believe that I am him in a past life. Like, if I could redo my Instagram, it would look like his. (laughs) Okay, we need to go to New York to hang out with him. Gee, we're just going to call you Gee. Is that weird? Gee. Because it's his. No, that's not weird. Because his handle is O-M. Gee. Like, or maybe it's G. Maybe his. Okay, we're just going to stop. You just tell us what your name is, please, sir. Yes, we love you. We (laughs) We appreciate you. We love you so much. We did not think that we were going to be calling you out on this Instagram, but here I'm mean, on this episode. But here we go. This is how much we love the sisterhood. You know, we just connect with people on the Instagram and all the good things. Yep. Okay, I have a quick little update before we talk about this interview. I am proud to say that I am watching younger and am thoroughly fucking enjoying it. Oh yeah, I'm just so jealous that you have started from the beginning because this current season sucks. Ugh. Okay, so I'm at the point where it's the hot mitzvah, and they just took a shot of Molly or ecstasy. Um, took a the, shot of. <laughs> so the hot mitzvah girl, the very very Jewish. Oh, New Yorker. Yeah, yeah, she's great. I, I forget. Who? Her yeah, she's so she's like so such a cliche. Right. She has them all take a shot of alcohol, but she laced it with ecstasy Got at it. her hot mitzvah. Got it. Yep. So. Yep. Um, just great content. It's a very, very good show. And I love it because you can kind of tell what's going to happen, but you're just waiting for it to happen and it's not happening. Um, in you know, re her not telling anyone that she's 40 plus, which I have some issues with that fact because I'm like, no, she's so banging. Also, there's just, and they're talking about 40 year olds being like old. You know what I mean? Also just like, there's that way she would have, like, there's just no way. They would have suspected that she's older. I'm sorry. There's oh, no sure, way she sure. can pass by a... She's gorgeous. Sutton Foster is fucking amazing. But she she's not a 21-year-old. I'm sorry. Wait, who is she? Sutton, is she, Sutton Foster? Is this her first role? No, Sutton Foster... Well, well, do you know who Sutton Foster is? No. Oh, my God. Scout. Okay, so she's, like, an esteemed, accomplished Broadway star. Like years and years and years on Broadway, every Tony Award, whatever. Then she transitioned. Wait, what, what plays was she in? Thoroughly Modern Millie. Thoroughly Modern Millie. Oh, I didn't see that one. And just every, like she's in everything. And so then she transitioned to TV. She did this one show also, I think on Freeform that was like a ballerina show. I don't know. I didn't really watch it. And then Younger. And this is kind of where she's become part of more of the cultural conversation that pe- for people who don't just, you know, love Broadway incredible incredible and obviously my girl hill duff is in it she's my ride or die i will 
support that woman for the rest of her fucking life. So overall, I am finally feeling as if, and honestly, I haven't felt this way. About a show? You know, about a show. Now you know what I feel when I watch shows. Like, there is something where you're like, you just want to stop everything and watch it. Yeah. I should say I haven't felt this way about a lifestyle show. Obviously, I am ridiculously into the Winter Soldier, the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, which we can talk about another time once you get there, because it was the most exquisitely culturally in tune, aware, amazing message Marvel TV oh, series possible. You know what I um, thought of the other day? If you're ever in a situation where you have to play the game two truths and a lie, you need to say that you're a Marvel stan as one of the truths because no one, everyone will guess it as the lie. It's the perfect one. Yeah. It, so at it, the it's end just of- so off-brand for you. I, I can't even start to explain. Oh, man, I am so into Marvel. The ending of... The Falcon and Winter Soldier, I was crying. I was crying and I posted to Instagram and I was worried that you would get the spoiler, which you won't. But it was the moment America has been waiting for. It is the moment our society has been waiting for. And it is the moment the Marvel Universe has been waiting for. And that's all I'll say. Wow. That's, yeah, that's big. Yeah. You texted me that and I was like, I need a definition. I, I don't know what you just said. Yeah, you'll see. You'll You'll see. see. Get ready. Okay, let's talk about this interview because this is one that is so near and dear to my heart, sisters. We interviewed Morgan Harper Nichols, which if you are unfamiliar with her, she's got like, I don't know, two mil or like 1.5 mil. I don't know, something like that on Instagram. She is a poet and an artist. And I have been following her for so long just because I am a fan of the words. And she Uh, is able to... Fan of the words? Yes, that is... I'm the biggest fan of Of the words, words. (laughs) just of words. And so actually being able to interview has been actually one of my bucket lists, but I actually, for some reason, I don't know why I never thought that it was in our reach with OKSIS for whatever reason. And the fact that we got to talk to this incredibly wise, grounded mother earth soul for an hour is so beyond me. Yeah. She, this is going to be a very soothing and gentle conversation. She, We felt safe in her presence, I would say. She makes you feel safe yeah. in her presence. Yeah. She feels, she kind of feels as if, she really does feel as if she's Mother Earth and she has you. She's like holding you, in her, you know? In her bosom, like she's just like rocking In you. her bosom and she's, yeah, she's just this wise yeah. Mother Earth who says, don't worry, child, I got you. And I think after... We all listen to this. Let's meet up and do some slam poetry at open mic night. No, nope. I was going to insert my uh, situation at the open mic night, but no, we'll leave that's that for, for another, another time. Story. That's for another time, Scout. That's for another time. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. She's. I, I want to get back more into my poetry roots, but we hope you love this, sisters. Talking to Morgan is truly an honor, truly a privilege, an honor. Looking at someone with with that incredibly not incredible gift, but the courage to bring that creative gift forward and to share it with the world is so honorable. So we hope you love it as much as we loved talking to her and let us know, let us know what you think at our secret Facebook group. We love you sisters. Love you. Sisters. My goal these days is to always look put together when I leave the house, nothing over the top or super dressed up or anything like that. I just want to look put together and feel good about what I'm wearing in an effortless yet refined way. 
when I look at my closet every single morning and think about what I can wear that is chic and intentional, I usually end up grabbing one of my Jenny Kane sweaters and I always end up loving the way I look and the way I feel in them. You all know, sisters, that when I envision my highest self, I am wearing Jenny Kane. Their sweaters are the quintessential must-have item. I cannot stop wearing my Marina set. I throw it on and immediately feel like I'm in a Nancy Myers movie, like I could just walk on the beach in Santa Barbara. It is the coastal grandma aesthetic. My favorite Jenny Kane sweater right now is their everyday sweater in taupe. This is the definition of a staple that every woman must have in their wardrobe. Sisters, trust me on this one. I wear it with leggings, oversized jeans and a little kitten heel or a silk maxi skirt. Legit, Mads and I are so obsessed with wearing our Johnny Kane sweaters that we've literally shown up both wearing the same sweater once, the white alpaca cocoon crew neck, which is this deliciously oversized sweater. Yeah, that moment takes the cake. Both of us walking in with our matching Jenny Kane sweaters. We're obsessed. Can't take them off. Wearing them every day. The type of staples that save your outfit. That is what I love about their entire collection. It is truly the art of simplicity. They focus on comfort, quality, and timeless design. So you can curate a wardrobe that never goes out of style. Find your new uniform at JennyKane.com. Our listeners get 15% off your first order when you use code OKSIS at checkout. That's 15% off your first order, J-E-N-N-I-K-A-Y-N-E.com, promo code OKSIS. O-K-A-Y-S-I-S. Let getting dressed be one less thing to worry about. Ever since having a baby, I've been extremely conscious about what I spend my money on and which products I use. And clothing is no different. I want my wardrobe to be sustainable, good quality, and timeless. You have to be talking about Whimsy and Row, right? Whimsy and Row is an LA-grown, eco-conscious brand born out of the love for cute, comfy, and classic styles. Every piece is made by women for women. Quality goods, local production, natural and organic fabrics. Yes, please give me all the linens. Just like OK Sister, Whimsy and Row is based on the idea that women are multidimensional. There's a balance of flirty feminine and minimal masculine in all of our wardrobes, and Whimsy and Row means exactly that. From special occasions to everyday effortless styles, their clothing is meant to mix and match and wear on repeat. I have been wearing their Kira pant in black linen probably three times a week. Sisters, if you've been listening to this podcast or following me on Instagram, you know that Whimsy and Rose Kira Pant in Black Linen is a sisterhood staple at this point. Founder Rachel Temko created the brand back in 2014 because she wanted to create an approachable and inclusive brand that cared for the people and the planet first. Get the full Whimsy experience IRL at their Venice location or shop online at whimsyandrow.com. Their store in Venice is so cute, I can attest. And if you're in LA, I highly recommend stopping by. They are always putting on these amazing community events. They just launched their spring summer collection and we will be living in it all summer long. Visit their website, whimsyandrow.com. That's W-H-I-M-S-Y-A-N-D-R-O-W.com and use code OKSISTER for 15% off. Morgan is here. How are you guys? I feel already grounded. Maybe it's the Palo Santo, but it's also Morgan. (laughs) 
Well, nice uh, to meet you. Thank you for having me. Oh my God, we are so happy to have you here. I also just put on some like essential oils. We're in the <laughs> mood. We're in the mood to talk poetry. Oh, I'm so excited that you're here. Oh, I'm so excited to be here. Now that you're saying that, I'm like, well, I should have lit some candles or something. <laughs> you know, the vibe, the vibe has to be cultivated. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Where are you all based? Where are you guys? So I'm in San Diego and then oh, Maz awesome. is in Los Angeles. Oh, nice. I used to be right in between you in Orange County. So <laughs> I'm in Arizona now, but yeah. Did you move to Arizona? <laughs> yeah, we moved to Arizona last June. It's just, it was a pandemic move. We run our whole business from our house and we needed more space. <laughs> so here we are. Do you know anyone in Arizona? You're just like, I do have some. Good. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it was, I mean, it definitely was not, it was inspired by needing to still be close to California because we still have business there. We still do things there, but, um, we do have some family here. So yeah, my, my parents are, my parents actually came here with us. My husband's brother's here. My sister is now here. Cause she was like, y'all aren't leaving me, <laughs> um, in California. So here we all are oh in Arizona. Gosh. So you, you yeah. know what? I think I'm going to look back on my life and regret not doing the COVID move. You know, oh, I think San I'm going to regret that. Amazing. I thought that was, I thought that was going to be my move, but I love San Diego so much, but yeah. yeah, it's, um, it's interesting. I, I, I never thought I'd be living in Arizona, but it's, uh, it's nice. Like Wait, I, what city I really are you like in? It. I'm outside of Phoenix. So it's, it's a town right. called Gilbert's, um, not too far from Phoenix, like 25 minutes or so, but yeah, it's, it's not what I, not where I thought I was going to be, but I end up loving it here. And, and the sunsets are amazing. Oh. We have like all these like little bike paths around our house and the nature's beautiful. Yeah. It's, it's I love it. <laughs> I, I mean, what, what is there to say? Like the, I yes. just, that actually, I feel, I feel like matches your personality a little more. Like I just, there's this sense of groundedness and nature and being in oh, it. Oh, well, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Morgan, like no offense to you, but I would never place you in Orange County. And I haven't oh. placed a lot of people in Orange County. Like I, I don't think it's like the best place, but I just don't see you in Orange County at all. I was there. Yeah. I have lived. Okay. I've lived all kinds of places. <laughs> Where are you from but originally? Yeah. So I was born in Long Beach. So I was okay. born in LA okay. County, but then I grew up in Atlanta, Georgia. Mm. Then I lived in Nashville, Tennessee, Dallas, Texas, All over Orange County, then Los Angeles, back to Orange County. Now I'm in Phoenix wow. and I don't want to move again. Yeah. We're done. Yeah, we're we're done. I, I'm, I'm done for a while. Like yeah. we're, we're like, yeah, we're going to just, we're just going to stay here. We, we, we've done the moving and yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. The, the more land sounds really good. And this might be totally wrong. And I always do this on the podcast, but I just finished the book when breath becomes air. Um, oh, I don't know if you've yes. read it. Yes, I have not, but I'm familiar with the story and it's on my list. Oh, oh, it's so ridiculously good. And he oh. moves and I'm going to fuck this up. I'm pretty sure he moves to Arizona as a kid and the way somewhere desert like, but I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure it's Arizona. Um, and the way he describes the landscape of the Arizona oh. desert is just so beautiful. I mean, he, 
it's it kind of boggles my mind how he's such a good writer, how he has both the arts in him and the science in him so mm, I evenly. Yeah. I, I've never met someone like that. I've never heard of someone like that. So he's he's definitely a spiritual gift for sure. Oh, wow. Well, yeah, I, I already wanted to read the book, but now I want to read that even more. Wow. That is yeah. so fascinating. I, yeah, I am. I love I it's interesting because I mean, Arizona had a huge impact on me when I was a kid, because we took a road trip from Georgia, where I grew up to California and the Grand Canyon was I mean, as it affects many people, but for me, I mean, it just it was a pivotal moment for me. So it's, it's interesting, because even though in some ways it feels random, I'm like, wow, a year ago, I didn't even know I was going to be here. In some ways, it's kind of like, it was like calling think, to you in a way. Yeah, I think it was going to happen anyway. <laughs> it okay, just well, happened in a random roundabout way. Yeah. That's actually the impetus and inspiration behind your new book, which is your travels cross-country around the country. Yeah. Um, before that, we are going to do current fixations, but I am going to confess to an unpopular opinion yeah. that the Grand Canyon did not evoke emotion in me. Okay, I know why. I know why. So Scout and I went to the Grand Canyon, and we did this like – we. <sighs> Our our stepdad and his kids rented an RV. We're not RV people, okay? We do not do well in moving <laughs> homes. I'm, I apologize to those that are comfortable in that. But we were going down La Brea Avenue in the RV. Oh, my God. Oh. It was like a nightmare. And we're all sleeping in this RV together. So we get to the Grand Canyon finally after, you know, hours. And we're just like, we're exhausted. We're disgusting. And we're just, <laughs> I don't I don't think we need to like, Scott, we need to go to like a nice hotel next to the grand canyon and like do a spa and then go no you know what I mean? it was it was tourist central and i got there it and the touristy. only thing i could think yeah. of is i'm gonna fucking die if i fall off like i'm gonna <laughs> die if i fall off this thing this ledge but that's neither here nor there i prefer the ocean or the rainforest when we're talking about nature so let's do current fixations really really quickly because we have so much to talk to you about morgan so yes. my current fixation actually i started off the podcast talking about it is my Palo Santo. So I light my Palo Santo constantly. I have this little tray here where I have my sage and my Palo Santo. And I feel as if I use the sage more when I need to make a statement, maybe if I'm feeling anxiety and I want to shift my mood. And then the Palo Santo is just kind of this background vibe that I'm always trying to manifest. So I light the Palo Santo when I journal in the morning. I'll write it, uh, write it. I'll light it before meetings while I'm on Zoom. And then Sage feels more ceremonial, kind of more impactful for something bigger, a bigger intention. But I can't get enough of Palo Santo. I love the way it smells. And sometimes I even think, Maybe I should get a Palo Santo candle, but there's something about the wood burning. I do have to say, though, my one critique on the Palo Santo is that it doesn't burn very long. So I don't know if there's something they can do about that. I don't think so, but they <laughs> can uh, recreate that. They could do yeah. something about can that. Can you reformulate your product, Palo Santo? Because um, <laughs> it lights and then it goes away quite fast. Oh. We always want that Palo Santo burning. Uh, <sighs> Scout is a Palo Santo queen over there. I love it. It's so it's just so fun mm -hmm. to I don't know. Maybe it's um, maybe I have a relationship with fire. I don't know. But lighting it <laughs> and that. seeing it go on fire and then blowing it out and seeing the smoke everywhere. There's something about it that just feels feels really good. 
Yeah, I feel like I feel very similar. I mean, I feel like mine's is more probably cliche, but I feel that way with the candles. I mean, <laughs> yeah, the whole the whole experience, like those can like candles come with the lid, and you're supposed to like put the lid on it to make it the fire go out. No, I always liked. <laughs> Oh, I didn't out. even. I didn't even know. Yeah, that. I someone randomly told me that one time. Like the if you put the lid on, it puts the fire out. It's supposed to help, you know, right. keep the smoke from going everywhere. But for whatever reason, I <laughs> I'm like a little kid, you know, blowing out birthday candles. I'm like, no, I want to see. Yeah, there's something <laughs> magical the as it like floats <laughs> around. Like to us, I mean, we grew up Jewish. I mean, we're still Jewish. And I, whenever I like light, we're it, still Jewish. We're still. I mean, yeah, we're we're Jewish and. Um, whenever I light a candle because I use matches now like there's this smell that reminds me of Shabbat mm-hmm. and growing yeah. up in childhood there is this like childlike wonder because I think when we're growing up fire is off limits and it's not something yeah. we're supposed to play with so now we're so yeah, intrigued so when fire <laughs> happens it's like it's a thing yeah it is it's it like so brings true. you to the present moment yeah I totally get that I love that okay my current fixation is a planner that I have been using. Um, our graphic designer actually created this p- planner. It's She has a company called Mantra Sundays. And I just love it. I love it so much. It breaks it down so perfectly into not only like your schedule of the day that you can write hour by hour and your to-do list and priorities, but then there's also a space at the top to write your mantra of the day, which is just really nice to kind of at the beginning set an intention for what you want to like come back to time and time again throughout the day. And then at the bottom, she has this little checklist of all the healthy habits that you completed that day. So self-care, hydration, movement. I put in gratitude and meditation and manifestation as well. And then at the end, which is something I'm like, thank God that she put this section Scout's going to be so happy about this is she has a today's wins section. So it just really helps you to really think back, celebrate very small, you know, not monumental things, just like incremental progress that you've made. Or, you know, today I wrote, I got the first shot of the vaccine. I mean, that's, that's huge. Okay. So that's like a huge win. And I don't know. I just, huh? Mazel. 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 I know. It's it's a big day for me and my today's my today's wins list. But Yeah, but you didn't yeah. tell dad. I had to tell him today on the phone. Oh, he was sorry. so excited. You didn't tell him. Oh, I'm sorry, dad. Sorry. I did not update <laughs> you on the vaccine. Um, but anyways, it's a great planner. I highly recommend. She has a daily one and a weekly one. And you're supporting a small business. So shout out. Yes. Well, yes. Well, big, awesome day for you. And yes, that is, that's good to have those. I, yes. I, it's so funny. Like you all did not ask me to comment on your, <laughs> oh on God, your please. Page. It's a discussion. We'd want I, you to all comment. this commentary. I'm like, maybe this is even how they do it. I'm just, <laughs> it's very welcome. It is I'm very like, welcome. Commenting, oh my God. No, I, you I really we, we want all your thoughts, all your thoughts. That is like, Morgan, <laughs> If you don't comment, Mads is going to, and she comments enough on my life. So oh, I want to hear your perspective. <laughs> oh my gosh. I love it. I okay. Love so it. what but, is your, yeah. what is your current fixation at the you moment? Know, yeah. I have been really nerding out. I, I had it next to me and then I moved it just out of reach. <laughs> I can't grab it. 
I was like, no, it was right here. Um, but it is a, it's a book and a workbook um, by Marie, Marine, uh, Maureen Murdoch. And she wrote a book called The Heroine's, Heroine's Journey. So there's like the famous hero, hero's journey that Joseph Campbell created that's like, kind of follows like hey kind of all movies or a lot of movies kind of follow this cycle of a story well she actually uh, is a therapist and she created something especially for women and it's a bit different of a journey and it's kind of more about like how 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 women deal with like having to try to survive in like a really you know patriarchal setting and how that will impact you and, and how you have to kind of find your way through all of that. So that is a really simplified version of what it is. Hence why I'm so fixated on it now, because I'm like, I want to really understand this. So I've like been looking at her workbook and moving through it super slowly because I feel like it's really deep, <laughs> but I'm, I'm super curious about it. I'm super curious about um just story cycles and like seeing stories as not like this linear one line thing but something that we just kind of cycle through experiences over and over again so i've just been thinking a lot about that <laughs> this sounds like i need this book this sounds amazing i've never read the joseph campbell one but i feel like i have heard of this one and it sounds it sounds like it needs to be my next book and i yeah, also really. i also love that books these days not i guess i don't know just i think there's a trend of workbooks in a book mm -hmm. and there's yeah. this experience of interacting and engaging with the content as you're consuming it because and and like reflecting on how this affects your life I've been finding yeah. that in multiple books these days and it's it's fascinating and I I really love that like added element of this feels personal I I feel mm -hmm. a part of this journey as well oh yeah I I totally agree because I yeah, I think because I'm I'm a very like kind of low energy person naturally, definitely low energy type B personality. And sometimes like when I'm reading books and there's like, okay, here's what you need to do. I'm like, I'm not ready to do. I just want to think about it first <laughs> and process it. I don't want to do right now. I just want to talk it out. So yeah, I love workbooks because it gives you time to sort of take what the book is saying, but then put it in your own words first. So yeah, I like that a lot. I also want to do the artist's way. I've, I oh. implement some of her, yeah, I have her rituals. Right here. <laughs> yeah, I do morning pages uh, every single day yeah. and I talk about it all the time and they're like, oh, you must read the artist's way. And I, and I haven't. I've just heard someone paraphrase that <laughs> on a podcast and then adopted it. But that seems like oh, also it is, very similar to this. Oh my gosh. I feel like that is one of the best workbooks like that you could buy because it's, you can go through the artist's way, um, like you can just flip open to a section. Like I've done that. I haven't even done it in chronological order. I, I love it. Like I, <laughs> that's another, I literally have it right here because I, I refer to it all the time. Like she even has so many quotes in the margins. And sometimes I just flip through and just read the quotes in the margins. Like, yeah, that's one of my favorites. <laughs> okay. Amazon cart is being ordered tonight. I really have needed to get that book. And that is definitely, so definitely good. my push. Okay. So we want to talk about you, Morgan. 
it seems weird calling you Morgan because in my mind, I've always known you as Morgan Harper Nichols. That's how I talk about you. You know, like it's it's kind of like Jennifer Aniston. Like you don't just say Jennifer, you know. I just feel like it's a little strange calling you just Morgan. Oh I have been a fan of yours for so long. Your simplicity that is so profound. I find that I've written my whole life and I find that it's really hard to communicate something very profoundly that packs a big punch in a simple way. And mm. I think that that's a very, very difficult thing to do. It's very easy to write flowery things. It's easy to add a bunch of decorative you know, value to sentences. But the way that you write, in my opinion, is a poetic positive affirmation many times. It's just a very distinct truth about the human experience that is just packaged very quickly in, in a beautiful piece of art as well on your Instagram. So for those who are unfamiliar with you and your work, just for reference, you have 1.7 million followers on Instagram. Take us back. How did this all start? Yeah, I I have been writing and creating my whole life. However, I didn't always know what to do with it, <laughs> even though I was very, um, I, I consider myself very fortunate that I had parents who were very encouraging of me being creative and to my sister as well. I mean, they were just like, okay, yeah, let's go get some crayons. Let's go do some stuff. And I do think that that matters a lot in par as a part of my story, because I just never stopped trying stuff. <laughs> like I wasn't, I didn't get the message of like, oh no, you need to do something more practical. I mean, my parents would give me advice on things, but they were, it was never like, don't do art, don't be creative. Like it was never that. So really, honestly, from childhood all the way up until, um, like my mid twenties was just trying a lot of different things, <laughs> everything from music career to starting random blogs here and there. But it was, wasn't until my mid twenties that I started to get curious about visual art. And I bought an iPad and I just started to try things. And I started getting interested in poetry just by needing my own outlets. And that's kind of what led to what I, I did today. And it, it ended up actually being a poem that I wrote um, in a time where I was just really frustrated by a lack of things that were happening with my career. That I, that poem, even though I'm not talking about a career in the poem, I'm just talking about the emotion of it. That poem ended up getting shared on Pinterest a hundred thousand times. And that was just kind of an indicator to me of like, okay, well, other people feel this too. And that really launched the whole thing of what I do today, which is a lot of visual art and, and poetry. And since then, I have kind of incorporated music back into it in some ways. I've been able to share art in different formats, some digital, some like print products and all kinds of things. Uh, so it's a bit all over the place, but at the core of it, it's, it's art and words, I feel like are the, are the core of what I do. And, and in many ways, I feel like I'm just a little kid again, getting to play around with these things and connect with people through art. So yeah. That story warms my heart because it solidifies the power of social media and the really, really positive side of what it is yeah. meant for in terms of access and 
um, making your art available to people who really connect with it and relate to it. As your social media platform has grown, um, how do you stay, and I, I don't know, I don't like this word, but just it, there's no other word to say it, but like how do you stay authentic to that? How do you make sure yeah. that even with the growth and the scale of your business and of your platform that you're still just this like, you know, tapping into this kid like energy of simplicity and positivity how do you how do you maintain that I want to yeah. add an extra layer to that not only how do you maintain mm-hmm. that but how do you show up creatively that much over mm-hmm. and over and over again because the nature of social media is very demanding oh, it's yeah. a consistent demand so how do you mm-hmm. also navigate that oh yeah that's yeah it's it's interesting because I think it's a part of me that is actually a strength and a weakness. And it is that I am really good at knowing where my limits are and knowing what I can and cannot do uh, with certain things. Now, there are some things like, for instance, I do tend to overwork sometimes and put way too much pressure on myself. But with social media in particular, I have then I'm very aware of what my limits are. So one example of that is when Instagram stories came out, I quickly decided, I was like, yeah, I don't know how to document my life, how other people are doing it on their stories. And I'm just not going to do that. (laughs) So that is one example of, even though it was quote unquote, good for engagement, I was just like, I can't do it. I I just, my brain's just not wired that way. It just takes a lot of energy. I enjoy watching. Me and TikTok. Me and TikTok. (laughs) This is me and TikTok. TikTok. I'm like, I enjoy watching what people create. Like there's some people who like with the particular format of Instagram story, they're really good storytellers in that format. And they like know where to put a question in and keep you engaged and keep you engaged for several days with the storyline. And I'm like, I don't know what that is. I don't have that. Um, so I just don't worry about it. Um, and I, I think because I've gotten really good at saying, no, I'm just not going to do that. Even if it is good for engagement or whatever, I'm not going to worry about putting that pressure on myself. I used to do I used to like start to do more live streams. And then I realized actually that really overwhelms me and I'm not going to put that pressure on myself. And what ends up happening is that then I get to focus on the things that I do love to do. And what I do love to spend time on is creating a little Instagram slideshow that feels like a little mini picture book for adults that you can just flip through and look at something nice. So I end up saving a lot of time and energy because I have been very good about saying, no, I'm not going to do that. (laughs) So even with TikTok, for instance, I am on TikTok, but I'm on TikTok under the like sort of rule that I've created for myself of like, I'm just going to show up here the way that I can. And Sometimes it may be trendy, but sometimes it may not. I'm totally okay if I get less views than other creators, but I'm just going to show up how I can. So I do think that that is how I've been able to sustain it. Um, And yeah. (laughs) This just so perfectly ties into the poem that I wrote down on a Google Doc to read out loud to the sisters right now that you wrote that I find so beautiful. And it really 
so accurately describes this not putting pressure to be a certain place, to do a certain thing, etc. So I'm going to read your work, if you will so indulge me in such an honor. (laughs) You wrote, you have never shamed the waves for not arriving on the ocean shore any sooner than they were meant to. And you have never looked above you to guilt the clouds for taking their time as they cross the noonday sky. You simply accept these clouds must travel and whatever pace they need to. Oh, what a difference it would make if you gave yourself this same grace. Oh my God, I have chills. The, okay, so this, this literally <laughs> explains my whole life because I am so impatient I tend to believe that I need to be somewhere faster than I am and also I mean we keep going back to social media but this whole like comparison of everyone else's pathways there it is so hard to remind yourself that you are on your own timeline your own path and to be patient with that and to and to give yourself grace that's wow yes or to not just be patient with that to understand that as human beings we put such a majestic a kind of invisible force over nature but we forget that we're a part of that too like we are a part of that force of nature and so I think there's two things here it's one trusting the timing of your life but also Mads and I always have conversations like okay, well, Instagram says that to get the most engagement and to grow, we have to do X, Y, and Z. And I've pushed back a little bit because Y doesn't work for me. Like TikTok doesn't work for me. And actually, when you put your energy into places because they're better for your engagement or because they're said Mm -hmm. to meet the deadline or whatever it is, your authenticity doesn't come about and actually it repels people from long, long term following you. And I think that's why people follow you is because you're not trying to jump on all the trains you're trying to do what you do well oh yeah and and you know it's i'm so grateful that you all picked up on that (laughs) and you're just you know kind of reflecting back to me just what i believe and and it does get hard at times because at, at this point i've been kind of consistently sharing online for for the way that i the way that i'm sharing now i guess for about three and a half four years almost and it, it does get hard because I've seen um, people like directly rip me off. I've seen people take what I've said and then like just make it their own and put their name on it. Um, and I've also seen things pop up and take off that are, you know, perhaps what I see is like, oh, that's really cool and way more trendier than what I'm doing. Um, but I had to remind myself at the end of the day of like, number one, there's something for everyone. And number two, it's, it's, if I want to sustain this, I have to get really acquainted with the, with the slow burn. <laughs> I have to like get really kind of going back to our fire metaphors for earlier. <laughs> it's like, you have to get kind of acquainted with like the candle burn burning. And it's like, everything doesn't have to be a bonfire. It's like, yeah candle burning can light up the room in the way that it's meant to and it still means something so that's what I just have to remind myself because it's I think it's like I think it's easier to maybe look at people online who or or just not even just online but people who are doing things in a public way that maybe 
we may disagree with and say, oh, oh I don't want to do that. But it's harder when it's people who are like, I actually really like what they're doing. I think it's amazing. Should I do the same thing? So I, I have to constantly kind of be aware of that. It's like, even if I see someone doing something and they're doing good work in the world, I'm, I'm not less than, or, you know, what I'm doing isn't less than, even if it gets less views or less attention, it's those things are out of my control. So I, I don't need to spend all my time worried about them. That is such a refreshing mindset and something that I, I'm now very inspired to start adopting because I think in the digital landscape and, and societal pressures, we there's this like sense of urgency to create, create, create and get, get a million followers. And there's also this expectation. A lot of people, I mean, we talked to so many uh, podcasters who are just starting out and a lot of them, you know, jump to the, okay, how do I monetize or how do I get, you know, growth, growth, growth. And we tell them time and time again, like it is such a long game. Like you cannot get in, in it for the money initially. Like this is something that, Literally, you need to work at for years, years, years until you see any type of ROI or, you know, the ROI needs to shift for you. It can't just be Mm -hmm. about the money. It needs to be about the connection or the community that you're building. And then the money will come. You have to, you know, be be honest with that. But it's so true that, um, you know, Scout does this so well of I hate, you know, again, with the cliches, but enjoying the journey and not that Mm -hmm. like quote unquote mystical destination that we like claim in our heads. Like once we get there, then we'll be happy. Then we'll be satisfied. It's like, no, no, no. Why, what can we do in this moment to enjoy that process and to actually extract meaning and value from that instead of this, this end point. And I'm still in that headspace. I, I've been trying so much to, to, uh, exit that and and find more of that like little joy throughout it um, because then because yeah. then you can burn longer you you it will sust- you will sustain yourself that way yeah, yeah absolutely yeah and I, I I love that you said that about like yeah you can't you can't get into it with the mindset of like well how do I monetize um because uh, <laughs> for me my story was like the second I I and I hate to say because I feel like it sounds so cliche but it's like the second I stopped worrying about that every three seconds I I was because I mean let's face it it's hard a lot of us are you know especially if you grew up like me I graduated in the time like after the recession like nobody was getting jobs like when I graduated from college so a lot of us rightfully so have like a lot of anxiety and stress around like it's not that people are just sitting around greedy wanting money it's that's a legitimate concern it's like yeah I got to figure out how to keep the lights on um but at the same time it's like okay yes that's true but at the same time like you are a human being who is so much more than that and if you can just for an hour a day, just tap into that part of you that isn't worried about that and is childlike and it's just free and is willing to try things, then you might just surprise yourself. And that was actually what ended up happening for me when I started to share more art in, in the beginning of 2017. And I was just like, I'm just going to have fun. I was like, I don't, I'm like, I don't know how visual artists make money. I'm not a real visual artist, but it's fun. I'm just going to try it. And then it was a, like, 
I think within two or three months of doing that, someone actually DM'd me and said, hey, I wonder, can I commission you to create something for a retreat that I'm doing for a group of people? And I was like, yeah, sure. Okay, I'll get to work on it. And they were like, well, what's your rate? And I was like, oh, you're paying me. <laughs> cool. I know it sounds silly, but I was not, I didn't know about, I, I didn't, I wasn't taking commissions. Like I, I was barely making art at that point, but that was such a eye opener to me of like, oh, if you just put things out there and you focus on connecting with people, other people are going to give you feedback as to, and hence and clues as to where you can go. Now I ended up doing freelance for about a year and then, well, no, kind of a year and a half ish. Well, almost two years. <laughs> Time is weird. I'm like, wow, yeah, more than a year, um, two years. And then eventually I kind of, we switched to creating an online shop and that became the main thing. But for the time I was doing the freelance, like that really did help me get started and help me pay the bills. <laughs> but it started from, you know, really listening and, and finding those small moments. And, um, yeah, I'm, I'm really thankful for that person who, who said that. I feel bad that I can't like remember their username or anything. Um, but yeah. <laughs> that's so amazing. And I love that they're like, no, I'm going to pay you. Because I yeah. think that sometimes, <laughs> sometimes with creative work, there's this, I don't know if it's a stigma or if it's this burden that society has placed upon those that are creative that taking money for your work or if you're financially abundant as an artist, there's something that you're you're doing it wrong. You're supposed mm -hmm. to be this kind of struggling, um, I guess, soul within the creative space. And it's so much more freeing to be financially abundant within your creative work. And it does start with mm -hmm. making sure that the work speaks and connects to something that you want it to. And in that, something that you've brought up a few times that you've said is this, is it child childlike? Mm -hmm. Yeah. energy is that childlike yeah. energy so I would love to talk about this a little bit more because I think that in the realm of inner child work and sometimes that can be very daunting and very traumatic and very heavy but I remember when I was newly dating my husband something about the way I was with him made me feel childlike mm -hmm. it was this total ease and freedom to be silly it was as if every construct of what I was supposed to act like as then early 20s was supposed to act like in society was lifted from me and I got to play in this very joyful energy and I think that a lot of the times okay sis prompts this in me as well since I am historically a more serious facing person a quieter person um childlike energy I think is a force that we don't tap into enough and it is so powerful mm -hmm. yet we feel as if it's too simplistic to have impact yeah. or to have a say at the table or to have a depth but it's just not true can you talk about your relationship to childlike energy oh yes absolutely so for me you know when I was a kid any type of like opportunity to create that was like my safe space I um this is kind of another rabbit hole but it comes back in i <laughs> but I I was recently diagnosed with autism and that honestly actually explains for me a lot of 
what I struggle with as a child and why I so desperately needed like quiet spaces where I could just sit with my crayons and just write and draw and do things. And so I think because I, that was with the combination of that and, and everything I was going through, I began to kind of associate making things like with happiness and joy as a kid. So even today, I'm, I, I still, I don't always feel this way a hundred percent, but it's, it's a thread of it that's always there when I'm starting to paint or draw, especially like that feels like six-year-old Morgan coming through. Um, and I even have a practice that I do now um, where, cause I mean, I, I do get in my head, like everybody probably does where I will, like, if I'm sitting down, I'm like, okay, I need to create some new pieces or I want to create some new pieces. I'll just take my pen and I'll close my eyes and I'll just draw with my eyes closed for like five minutes. And I'm always amazed by what comes up when I'm not looking at it and I'm just letting my hand go because that's, it's more free. It's a lot more free. The shapes are bigger. They're more loose there. I can, cause I can look at a piece now, um, and sometimes even other people's work and, and I can see where, you know, it was a stiff wrist that created this and then something, not, nothing wrong with it, but you can just tell like when stiff lines are made or loose strokes are made. So when I'm doing that, when my eyes close, it's looser, it's more free. And um, yeah, I, I just love doing that on a regular basis because it reminds me that even when I do overthink things and I kind of let my cynical grown-up voice kind of run wild, that thread is still there. And then there are moments where it's like not a thread and it's like a tapestry <laughs> and it feels more, 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 um, prominent, I guess I would say that sort of childlike energy coming through. But the thing is, it's like, those are not as common as I want them to be. So I do kind of have to rely on that, on that thread, like knowing that when I'm drawing, when I'm sketching, when I'm like lately, I've just been, I, I remember that as a kid, I just loved rocks. Like I just love picking up rocks for whatever reason. And I've been picking up rocks again and just looking at them. And I'm like, yeah, I think six-year-old Morgan is like coming through to do that. So I think even like away from the actual art, just doing that in daily life, I don't know, maybe I'm weird, but I feel like the energy of that comes through in my work. So I, I try to have as much of that in my life as possible. I mean, I also believe that children hold such creative wisdom that completely uh, diminishes as you get older. Oh, and yeah, I think absolutely. I think that there's such an inherent very creative, built into the DNA of a child's spirit. And I think that they hold a lot of really, really profound answers that for us now as adults have been completely muffled and silenced or construed or whatever. And so to tap into that part of you that was just totally free and formless and boundless is so such a such an amazing asset for creativity. And I think that that's that aspect of tapping into it for creativity is not as talked about yeah. because I think a lot of the narrative around creativity is around grown up pain, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. And also, yeah. um, the fact that you're not afraid of it because I think mm. as we grow up, we become 
we are told that, you know, this, these mannerisms, this behavior is, you know, you're, you're, you're more chained by, by societal pressures and societal expectations. And I, I feel this very strongly. I definitely have childlike mannerisms. I'm like, I'm like that crazy child that runs around and screams all like, I am still that. But I also, I've, suppressed a lot of that in terms of like the creativity aspect I'm still loud as fuck all the time so there's you know that didn't change but the more like creative and um you know uh not giving a shit what people think like that type of stuff I feel like I lost along the way because of I was like oh wait no like I need to be in a corporate job oh wait I need to you know fit this type of mold and mm-hmm. I was conditioned to that. And so when you say like, it, it feels like such a self-awareness to be like, oh no, like I tap back into that. I make sure that I have that. It's a priority of mine. I don't think a lot of people prioritize that. So that's super admirable that that's something that. Yeah. I, I, I think about that a lot. I, because I, I'm aware of the fact of what you just said is that there are um, like my husband's very similar. He's super creative, but he was someone who grew up like not hearing that and not really seeing that. So I've even like, like I've been sharing things on social media to try to like help people ignite their creativity, just different exercises and activities. And I almost always test them out on him first because <laughs> he's so like, I'm not creative. What is this? But I'm like, he'll and he'll get into it and he'll actually enjoy it i'm like okay all right it passed the (laughs) it passed the test of someone who's not thinking about this stuff at all like i mean he barely uses social media doesn't you know he's not really interested in creative things at all but um yeah it's and even that like ignites something in him and he's like oh that's kind of interesting so yeah i think one thing that i've been trying to do more of and, and help give people is is so they can kind of tap back into that is things that eliminate the need to make a choice. So it's like when you sit down to a blank page and someone says, write a poem, it's like, oh, what am I supposed to do with that? Or, you know, paint a picture on a blank canvas. That can be very intimidating. So that's why I like to do these little like activities where it's like, take a screenshot and see what random word comes up or type a word into predictive text and see what comes up next. So kind of like, I think what I'm trying to say is like, I think we, I think, especially if you've been away from that, it's like, you, sometimes we do like need like a little push. <laughs> I'm just like, you could do it. You could do it. And there's just little ways of tapping into that. So I haven't figured that out yet, but I just wanted to say that's something I'm passionate about because I'm like, everybody deserves to be able to tap into that in some way. <laughs> I think also that's so beautiful. And I think for me listening to you talk, and then I really want you to tell us a little bit more about your new book, which is incredible is that creativity, uh, the definition around creativity and what it means to different people. So I was reflecting on the fact that when I was younger, I had a very judgmental lens on what creativity was. Like if my poem wasn't dark and depressing as fuck, then it wasn't real art. And that was that. And the people who were writing more flowery things weren't real artists. And there's Mm -hmm. like this intense identity, which really just separates you and it's all ego, right? It's a defense mechanism to think that you're unique and special in this experience, which you're not, you're just human. 
So the idea of redefining creativity, I think, is so important because I realized mm. I was like, oh, I don't write so much anymore. I, I journal. I don't I don't creatively write so much anymore. Am I exhibiting creativity? And I realized that building my business is how I'm creative because I'm creating mm-hmm. anything you create is creativity. And yeah. just putting this putting this uh I don't know, creativity on this even pedestal where everybody has it. You're not, you don't have to be an artist. You don't have to be visual. You don't have to be poetic. You don't have to know color theory to be creative. We're all creative because we create things every day. And so redefining that. And then I just want to go back to something you said in the beginning, like fucking kudos to your parents. I, that's the parent I want to be. I think I'm looking at you and I and w- I'm looking at you and what I see is the amount of people I could be looking at if they had parents like you. And so that's just I mean it makes me emotional just what your parents did and the gift that they brought through with you. You know, people parents birth people into this world but then to give them the gift to be themselves is next level. So that's really I just want to hmm. give some gratitude to your parents. Oh, um okay. Can you talk about your book, please? Because it's <laughs> <Yeah>. really beautiful. <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you so much for that. Uh, it means a lot. And and yeah, I my book is is really, I wrote it during the lockdown and I was super oh, nervous about writing a book. I'm like, what do I, I don't know what to say. I don't know what's coming next. Like <laughs> I'm, I'm in this with everyone else. And it's, it's really scary here. I don't know what to say. But one thing that I was doing at that time was I was doing a lot of looking back. Um, lots of trips got canceled, obviously. And I ended up looking through my phone at some trips that I had taken in the past. And I landed on this photo that I took in New Mexico years ago that I returned to a lot. And, um, and it's actually the cover of the book. <laughs> and the reason why that's the cover is because that actually started this whole journey of the book. Because as I was looking at that photo, I was like, this is probably my favorite photo I've ever taken. Actually, I, I love this photo. I, I feel like it's a photo anybody could have taken because the moment was just so beautiful. And literally anybody with a phone could have taken this photo. And at the same time, I was struggling so much Like at that time that photo was taken. And that sort of it thought of like, isn't that interesting how I was in this beautiful place But at the same time, I was struggling so much. Um, I was growing in courage. It didn't feel like it at that moment, but I was growing in courage. And these two things were happening at once. So that led me on this journey of looking at other literal landscapes that I had been on in my life, whether living there or just visiting, or I was there for you know, a moment and something happened and just looking at, well, what did the landscape itself teach me? And what did I learn from physically being in that place, physically crossing over that river, being by that lake, being in the Gulf. And then also just looking at what lessons I was learning in that place and how they kind of inform each other. And then from there, that just made me think about all of the the stories that I've just encountered in the work that I do and the the DMs that I've received and the things that people have shared with me. And I'm a very visual person. So as I started writing these stories and as I started writing these poems, like I can just see like the faces and hear the stories that people have shared with me. And I'm 
writing for what I hope is is to honor those stories as well. So lots of poetry, art, stories inspired by landscapes. Oh, just real okay. quick, because I'm a PR girl, Morgan. Oh, yeah. Uh, the name of the book was not said. The book is called How Far You Have Come. Oh. Yes, it is. So <laughs> something you just mentioned really resonates with me about how you can be in a place that is so beautiful and full of wonder, but when you think, I guess the transportation that photos can do to you and Mm -hmm. remembering your state of being in that, in that space. um, But like, how, how did it, how did it impact you in the larger sense? Like for me immediately, I thought of the time I studied abroad in Barcelona I was probably the most depressed I've ever been in my life. And I remember agonizing during that time because I was like, you're in Barcelona. Like, you need to have the best time ever. Like, I, I, how are you, you know, depressed or how are you in this state? But then there were just like these beautiful moments. I would just be like in awe of everything I was witnessing. I mean, so gracious, mm-hmm. like so grateful that I was traveling Europe and having this this amazing, you know, time. But like looking at landscapes and 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 just taking it in I do remember those singular moments in each city that I visited where I was like you you don't feel good right now but like look at this and and take a mental you know snapshot of that life and I think that is what travel does a lot because I mean this is another conversation but just like you know sometimes hard travel's fucking hard I don't think I don't think people talk about this enough and it's like you're so much pressure to have the best time ever. And it's like, you're, mm-hmm. it's your vacation. You have to do it. But then you're in this moment and like, just to honor maybe what you're just going through. And if you're not in your best self and you're not in your best state, that's fine. But, yeah. but like being present with that and being like, look at this. I'm in Rome. Look at this. I don't yes. feel great, but look at this, you know, it's, it yeah. is a weird connection. So I really love that yeah. you said that. Mm, well, thank you. I, that is honest. And that's honestly my hope with the book. It's like, I, I hope that it helps other people kind of find those stories in their own life and, and reclaim them for what they were and, and, and embrace the wholeness of it. It's like, yeah, there was these challenges and this was also happening at the same time. And, and, you know, my hope is that everybody can find at least one of those stories, you know, in their lives. Okay. So before we ask our last favorite question on the podcast. I do want to point out something you said in your introduction to reflect on our lives. We must look outside ourselves. And I thought that was so interesting because maybe it's just the books that I'm reading right now that are very spiritually inclined that are telling me to look inward and inward has all the wisdom and the answers. And I just thought it was so interesting that statement of reflecting externally as well. Can you just talk a little bit about what you mean by that? Oh yeah. I, I, I am, that is definitely something that I I've learned in, in looking back because I am more of a naturally going inward person. Um, however, what I've learned is that because I'm just me and I've been living in this body my whole life, looking outward gives me so much more perspective that then informs what's happening on the inside. And I've just been able to, by looking at these different landscapes, for instance, in Mississippi, in the Mississippi chapter, I'm writing about a story that 
um, when I was a young girl, really learning of the tragedy that is slavery and even just within my own ancestry and just reading those stories and, 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 and knowing that those stories oftentimes did not have happy endings. The hope that I had for the next generation, the hope that I had for, oh, the, the, the slaves that were able to run away, the slaves that were able to find freedom, that hope is, is tied to the hope that I'm learning to have for my own story. But it took looking at that other story to see of like, you know, that fire that you have for that story, for that justice, for that better ending, turn that back this way and watch, watch what that does on the inside. So, yeah, I think that there's a, something really powerful that happens when we look around and we look at history and we look back and then we start to notice what that tells us about our own stories. You're so beautiful in so many ways, truly. Just, I've been looking forward to this and it, it's, yeah, I just, I'm so thankful that you came on and we ask one final question at the end of every episode. Mads, do you want to ask it this time? Yeah. Okay. If you were to brag about something in your life and you cannot be humble, what would you brag about? (laughs) Oh, I am really undefeated at um, <laughs> categories. <laughs> so specific. I am. I am like like cross continental undefeated. Like I studied abroad in England. I'm like bring it. Oh my god! No one can beat me. <laughs> That's what Maddie. Maddie wishes she was like that with Rum and Cube. Yeah, she wishes. That's, that's how I, th- I'm not like, <laughs> but that's how I am with Rum and Cube. You're like the queen's gambit of categories. I am. I am. I'm willing to say it. I don't think I've ever been beaten. Whoa. Maybe. Yeah. I, I can't remember. <laughs> can't remember a time I've lost. Wow. That's the only game where it's like that, guys. Like, okay. <laughs> literally, I'm like a loser at everything else. <laughs> and nobody wants to play categories. I mean, that's the problem. It's like. When it's time to play games, like, no, we're not going to play. Yeah. You get way too into it. Morgan, I feel (laughs) you so hard. I feel you so hard because I always want to play Roma Cube and no one will play with me because they're like, Maddie, you're so annoying and you always win. And I'm just like, sorry. No, no, it's not because you always win. It's because you're a freaking sore loser. And when you lose, you make everyone really, you know, struggle around you. Oh, my gosh. So you all are sisters, right? Yes. Scout, are you the oldest? Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm, I have a younger sister too. <laughs> and I'm just like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> There's something. Matt is like, I always win. And that's why no one wants to play with me. And I'm like, no one wants to play with you. Cause you have an attitude. <laughs> well, I love that. I love that question. I don't, I don't get to brag about my category my skills <laughs> very it. often. I'm like, do the young kids even know what that game is anymore? I don't even know. Uh, I don't even know if they even play that anymore. Probably are you kidding? Not, Rum and but... Cube is like an old Jewish grandma game. Like no one plays that anymore. And it's just oh, like, I love it. Love it. Love it. <laughs> I love that. Okay. Morgan, tell everybody where they can find you and where they can get your new book. Yeah, so I'm Morgan Harper Nichols pretty much everywhere. MorganHarperNichols.com and I have a button on there that says new book and it shows you all the places where you can find it. And then I'm Morgan Harper Nichols on Instagram, TikTok, Pinterest, YouTube, 
my podcast, all the places. So I know it's a lot of names, but it's just one name. So hopefully you can come hang out with me. <laughs> Yay! Yes, we'll definitely link all this for everybody. And sisters, you can find us on Instagram at OKSIS Podcast. We love you. We love Bye. you. Hey there, I'm Dr. Tracy Dalgleish, clinical psychologist and couples therapist. If there's one thing I know from both my personal and clinical experience, it's that we are really good at comparing ourselves to others. We tend to get stuck in the unhelpful narratives that play on repeat in our minds, and we struggle to set boundaries and create healthy love. Each week, I bring you clinical knowledge and evidence-based research, experiences of sitting in the therapist chair, and being a wife, mother, and business owner to talk about everyday issues we all face to help you you change the dialogue in your life. Tune in every Thursday to I'm Not Your Shrink wherever you listen to podcasts. While I'm not your shrink, I am still human and I'm excited for us to be in our vulnerability and humanness together.